Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. I have a special announcement at the top of the show. Chris and I recently were honored uh, to be guests on another podcast. So if you're listening on your phone, pull it out right now. I'll give you a second. Go to your search bar in your podcast app and search for Engine Noise Podcast. They're a great show. They're sponsored by 1A Auto. They have a ton of informational stuff and great topics. Their hosts are hilarious. I really think if you like Diesel Performance Podcast, you're going to love this show too. Uh, so give it a search. Download it. The episode with Chris and I is going to be live as of March 1st, 2020. And now let's kick it over to our show. Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, it has been quite a week over at Duramax Tuner Calibrated Power. We just launched a brand new turbo. Yeah, uh, we went live with the uh, second gen Dodge uh, Stealth HX35. Uh, been a, it's been quite the project. That's something that's been lingering within the walls here for some time. Do you know I watched our initial launch of VP tuning on MM3 from three years ago? Yeah. And we reference having an HX35 Stealth 64. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. been, we had a we had a dually, you know, an O2 yep. dually years ago, and now we have a 99 single rear wheel truck that we've used as kind of like the test bed for uh, a new version of the turbo. Um, really exciting, you know, seeing a platform that's been around for, oh, oh, fuck, almost 20 years. Yeah. 20 years, exactly. Um, and seeing that, that old style or old technology, there are still new components um, and different things that the industry is learning about. We'll take a look at us. I mean, we spent we spent probably a few months developing the original 64 that went yeah. on the old Dually way back when. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest with you, we just weren't excited about how the truck drove and how like all of the characteristics. Yeah. We thought it was a good turbo and it worked really well for our very specific purpose with yeah. that truck. But I mean, we didn't feel like it was a it, it was the product we wanted to put our name on to go to market with. It literally is a project that's come on and offline. We didn't work on it exclusively right. for three years, yeah. uh, but it's a project that has come on and offline until we could develop the technology that we were happy with. To, how to make this thing awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, the Gen 1 style stealth that we had, you know, it, it worked really well, but there were some scenarios where you had to drive around the turbocharger. Yep. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of different turbos that are on the market. Guys that are out there that have turbos on their second gens, they're probably going to know what I'm talking about. Aftermarket turbos in general. Sure. Um, they'll make the power, but when you hook up to a trailer or you're just cruising and that truck sees that 3-4 shift converter lock, the charger snuffs, or they're hauling a trailer and, you know, that, that gear selection takes place and the, the turbocharger goes into a surge scenario. Yeah. Yep. Um, these are things that when we talk about you know the stealth line, we, we want to avoid. We want to offer a turbo that drives like stock with the added power and airflow capability. Um, so go back to the drawing board. Now you know we had some other ideas in our heads of what might work, um, and here's the final product. So you know it's really exciting to see, and you know a lot of the motivation there is as the stealth line has grown and evolved. Sure, um, we've learned a lot on turbo technology on the other different RPOs that we offer turbo op op options for, and then you know customer demand. You know we get those calls that come in, we get those emails that come in. Guys asking, hey, when's this coming out? I saw that video in reference to the yeah. MM3. Or I heard, you know, Chris and Paul talk about it on, on the podcast. You know, it's a huge outlet there. So uh, just really excited to finally, you know, see that project through and have it go live. Absolutely. Yeah, so really cool product. Uh, you can jump on DuramaxTuner.com, check out the video. It's one of the featured products on the homepage. Uh, also, the video will be up on YouTube tomorrow. It's on Facebook, yada, yada. Uh, some other really and cool. The gram. Yeah, and, and Instagram, the gram. of course. Uh, some other cool stuff we've been doing over at the shop. We 
recently just released a Diesel Insights video. That's a, our video series with just general diesel guy knowledge. Yeah. Um, and so we just our most recent one of those was about how a dyno works. Yeah. We've been doing this for years. Uh, we've done podcast episodes on how dynos work kind of in general, and we've talked about it a lot with guys like Gail Banks and everybody else in the industry. Uh, but I thought this was cool because we actually went through, and you can actually see the video. We have all the plates off of the dyno so you can see underneath. Yeah. You can see the spent sensors uh, and really get a much better understanding of what those spinning rollers and that dyno number actually how they yeah. correlate with each other it's crazy to think you know a dyno is a very simple tool yet so complex yeah yeah it's a simple concept right <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it's it's speed and force if yeah. we can measure speed and force we can tell you something uh what it takes to measure speed and force on a eight thousand pound truck yeah. turns out to be quite a bit yeah right yeah. <laughs> uh some of the other cool stuff going on in the industry, Chris, and we'll we'll talk about this a little bit more with our guests today, uh, but I, I thought that article from KJ was really, really cool where he's talking about some of the myths to Diesel Power Challenge. Yeah. Um, one of the things I guess I never I always forget. I know I've I've known this before. I know we've talked about it on the show before. When Diesel Power Challenge first came out, they did an east and west version. Okay. So so they were like the first year of it was 2006, and they actually had DPC West, and then they were like, oh, this is this event really works. Let's go do DPC East. I didn't know that. Yeah, right? So I, I thought that was pretty cool, too. Um, it originally was conceptualized in 2005. First year was in 2006. It's, it's had some changes. It also started as an invite only yeah. event uh so it was actually like they would go around and know who's the big swinging dicks and that's who they would invite yeah. to the show uh with cool trucks and things like that um or some of the other stuff okay so i didn't realize like yeah 2006 that means that there actually has been technically if you count east and west as separate events there's actually already been 20 events wow right 2006 there was yeah. two of them and two. then after that it went to one so you figure 2019 was the 20th. Uh, if you just go by year, clearly we're, or I'm sorry, 15 events. Yeah, I said 20. I, I meant 15. Your math. My math is rough. I was going to take the heat and be like, damn, I should have been prepared because I didn't read this article. And then you're sitting there mouthing off fucking numbers. Just mouthing and off. Just pretending math. like I know what I'm doing. Right, right. Right. No. Good for you, man. No. How old uh, are not you? knowing math. Yeah. How old are you? All right. Old enough to know that I don't need to answer that question, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, so so there there has been a lot of lot of myths around yeah. it, and I thought KJ wrote a really great article dispelling some of those myths. Uh, do you need a thousand horsepower to win? Uh, Cummins dominate diesel well, corrected power. Corrected or uncorrected? Which one? Corrected is it? or uncorrected? Yeah. Right. These are these are all things that he actually addresses in the article, along with some of the rule changes and things like that that have been going on. So, I just again I thought it was a really cool article. I thought it had a lot of great information. It definitely hits on the topic for who we have as a guest today. Before we jump in to talk to him, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Yeah. Uh, WC Fab, Jason Worley, mm -hmm. Ryan Worley, the whole crew over there. You guys know it. We talk about them every week. We talk about them for a reason. That's because we use their parts every week on a customer's truck or our trucks. And they keep coming out with new products. They just released <laughs> uh, a Duramax uh, brake reservoir upgrade. Yeah, it looks so nice. Uh, you know, you color match that. Just another WC Fab component to add into your Duramax engine bay. I'm sure, you know, the Cummins are going to be next. Uh, Jason seems to follow that fashion. So, you know, top-notch powder coating, welding, fabricating, just the whole nine yards, man. You're 
step in the right direction going with them. So Absolutely correct. And then you know for all of our high-pressure fuel system components, we only go to Exergy. Yeah. Uh, and that's because we get the same great product every single time. When they, when they created the tagline, Engineered Performance, it meant something to them, and, oh. and they follow through on that every single time. I think a thing to look at more in depth is customer support, <clears throat> right? So in this industry, getting someone on the phone to, to give a crap about what your goals are or what your problems are with the with your truck, that goes a long way. Um, and having a company such as Exergy, you know, the, they've supplied a lot of guys in the industry with injectors, and sometimes things go south, um, but they're still willing to help and stand behind those said customers. So um, I know with confidence when I'm working with customers, recommend the product or someone comes back and they need some diagnostics, Exergy is willing to stand behind that. So something to keep in mind, you know, when you're spending, it's a lot of money, you know, yep. a lot of money in these parts. So working with a company that's going to stand behind it goes a long way. Absolutely. And then guys, we'll just dive right into it. Uh, we know you've been waiting to hear from Diesel Power Challenge 2019 champion, Richard Coker. Richard, how the hell are you? Great guys. How are y'all? Doing good, man. Doing I'm, good. I'm just living. I'm breathing. That's it. We are recording a day early. Chris, we, we usually record... 30 minutes before the episode airs yeah well I, I, what's cool here is i think i have an added advantage to calling in sick tomorrow i'll be like well i recorded podcast stuff yesterday right podcast is done it threw it's me end of the off month. it's friday happy hour lasted till 2 a.m i totally got it here we are uh, <laughs> uh richard we wanted to have you on the show because dpc is ramping up and one of the things that that just came out was i don't know if you caught kj's article about some of the myths about diesel power challenge Yes, sir. I saw that. It was actually a pretty good read. I, I think if if you're newer to DPC, going through and reading it, you're like, well, what what the hell are people complaining about? Right. But I think some of those old 2000, you know, 15 or I'm sorry, before 2015 type guys, they've seen some changes throughout the years. Um, so one of the things that everybody talked about was uncorrected dyno numbers. Now I'm sure you've dynoed your truck at home in Texas before. And yes, I, sir. And, and a lot of people, you know, they want to see that corrected number to, you know, it's going to be a higher number, right? But uh, the reality of it is, is what do you make there that day of density, altitude, uh, factored in, et cetera? And that's, that's a very realistic number that, you know, it is a good common playing field for everyone across the board. How much of a change did you see from at home to on uh, in ATS? Uh, you know, um, out here in West Texas, air is actually pretty bad. Uh, summertime, our DA is probably four to 5,000 feet or more. Uh, but uh, I would say uncorrected, we probably lost a solid you know, two or 300 horsepower easy wow. uh, without nitrous. Wow. It, it, it's a big deal. It's a big difference. Yeah. And that's where I think some of the guys hit that shock um, of seeing it. Now, they but it's public. an even playing field, though, once again. Like, what, what, what does it matter? <laughs> well, there it is, Chris, right there, is that you, you see this number and you're shocked by it. And you're like, oh, it's not right. But but like you said, it, it's a baseline. It's what everybody is at. So if everybody's lower, it doesn't matter, right? We just need to see the highest one. Um, Richard, maybe for the guys who didn't follow along real closely last year or have been living under a rock, can you give our listeners a rundown of your truck? So it's just an 06 regular cab uh Chevrolet, nothing real special, just an old farm truck, um, SoCal stage three diesel engine, force inductions, uh, S472, 491, F1 diesel, uh, 250% injectors, Nitrous Express, uh, three stages on it, technically two and a first jet, um, top-notch garage, Josh Harris built transmission, gearing converter, a uh, little bit of everything, I'm missing a few things, but that's the gist of it. 
Yeah, no, that sounds like your standard farm truck build. That's what that's what all the guys are, are pulling hay wagons with. Hey, when those when the cattle is hungry, you got to get that hay out there fast. So, what well, I guess kind of going into 2019 into 2020, you're the only one that's sitting back. You're guaranteed a spot going into this year. You know, since you were the reigning yeah. champ last year, are there a lot of things that you're considering or changing up from the truck and the setup last year going into this year? Uh, you know. Uh, we performed very well uh, without having a max to pick up out. So, uh, you know, I think we've got a lot of room that uh, we can still go in and be even more competitive this year. We are making a few changes uh, suspension-wise, uh, fuel-wise, so that we can have a little bit more cushion uh, going into this year. But nothing major, I guess, is the best way to put it. Are there... Uh, when the voting came out and you're looking at these trucks, were there anyone in particular where you're like, oh boy, if they get voted in, you know, they could potentially give me a run for my money? Man, there's actually a lot of strong competitors this year. I'm stoked to see who gets voted in. Um, I I think based on some of the air and fuel setups that those guys have, there's a few of them that will, uh, if they don't change for that altitude, are going to struggle severely. But uh, it definitely could be a ride on the dyno if if they get lit. A lot of single chargers this yeah, year in the, in the voting. I was surprised to see that, how many guys wanted to go with a single charger. And, and we've seen this in the past. Guys want to go and prove that they can do it with a single yeah, charger. Yeah. That only works if you win. Um, <laughs> just so everybody knows. I mean, it's it's been a long time since a single charger won DPC. Yeah. Uh, it's twins and triples, man. That That's what that's what makes it happen. Uh, real talk, you, you scared of Chris Patterson getting voted in? He's the only other one who's going to have seen the competition beforehand. Hey, you know, I'll stand behind Chris all day, every day. He's a top-notch guy, does a heck of a job, and I'll continue to support him. I think he's got a, he's got a hell of a chance to come in and be competitive. He, he knows the drill. He's seen it. Uh, I mean, it's uh, I'm all for it. I want to see him there this year, so I, I hope everyone gives him the vote and get him there. I love it. I love it. Too nice of a guy to just call him out and be like, know, Chris is never going to win, yeah. right? I know. Yeah, we were looking for a little bit of confrontation <laughs> I was going to stir there. the pot, but I. Just, yeah. I, Richard's also a nice guy, so I don't want to stir the pot. I know, him. right? Like, he couldn't. you couldn't even poke at the Cummins aspect no. of it. Like, ah, oh, it's just another Cummins. There yeah, ain't nothing yeah. to worry about. Hey, well, we, well, you know, we have two extra cylinders over here. We're guaranteed to win, right? <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, Richard, last year, you were super strong in the racing. Uh, and and then the the truck made great great power on the dyno. You did pretty well on the uh, fuel mileage consumption, if I remember correctly. Came in at the at the top of the pack for that as well. Um, but this year we we have a hard time with with guys coming back and repeating the results. I know we've had Levon and uh, Charlie Keeter do it back to back, but as I was looking through some of the previous winners, that's not really the his, historically that's not very common. Um, what what are you going to do to ensure that you're just as competitive this year as you were last year, knowing that the field is changing? Well, I, you know, I think the reliability aspect and being consistent is key to anything, right? So going into it and not making any major changes, uh, I think, will help ensure that we're just as competitive, if not more, than what we were last year. 
Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Good strategy. Um, can you give our listeners kind of just your feedback of what it felt like last year to go there and go through each one of those events? Uh, especially, I'm always interested to hear about that first day, that day one where you're doing the fuel mileage consumption, or as I like to call it, the world's worst torture test on a truck. <laughs> it, you know, some of, some of that stuff could be very intimidating, especially, you know, a fuel economy. You're sitting there, you, you're staring out the side of a window, looking at the screen the whole time. But it's not your... Uh, not your primary scenery driving down the road, right? And you're not looking at gauges. You're trying to focus on that graph on the on the screen so you can, uh, you know, run a run a clean uh, pass through it. Uh, penalties add up very fast. Uh, you know, it, it's a phenomenal experience. KJ and everyone runs a, a heck of a show. Uh, you you really get to meet a lot of great people, and you know that camaraderie you know it extends past diesel power challenge and you know you stay in touch with everybody and it's uh it's just a great atmosphere and a lot of fun was there anything uh at the end of 2019 dpc you know you have the rest of the season in front of you was there anything that you wanted to improve on uh knowing that you were going to be going to 2020 and you know uh, what, what's that goal look like <laughs> very first thing we did uh i actually went up uh, close to the dallas fort worth area and met chris patterson out of the sled pool and we did a little <laughs> testing together there you go That's that awesome. was literally my next question because uh i don't know if you guys have all gone on and see the video i encourage you jump on truck trend and look for the pictures in the video of richard's sled pull uh, if I remember rightly, your first time ever hooking to a sled was last year at DPC. Wow. Yes, sir, it was. And if I remember correctly, everybody's plan who had no sled pull experience, which was all of them except Brad Sankey, uh, was biggest tune all the nitrous, get about 100 foot down the track and go. And then <laughs> we saw we saw some carnage. We saw some success. Uh, but what I remember from your pull, Richard, was we saw a truck on three wheels in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's it's frustrating, you know, it, you, you want to do well at everything across the board, and then, you know, when, when the setup just absolutely does not uh, uh, do well despite what you try to do, and, you know, I tried a second hook, uh, tried a different launch on it, and still went to a hop, um, you know, squeeze the nitrous button there at the last just to try to, you know, one last little hoorah, but uh, it's we've made a few changes in that aspect, and I think we uh, we stand a lot better chance of a sled pull this year. There you go, <laughs> Chris. I will say it was it was the rockiest, roughest patch of dirt I've ever seen. They literally took like an excavator and just like ran, or like a bulldozer, just ran it straight and curled oh, the top wow. ground off. And we're at five thousand feet of elevation, right. so it's just rock underneath. Yeah, yeah. It was just gravel. Uh, and it was brutal. And the hop, I, I, I want to say I'm looking over to our producer, Justin. You were there. Every truck had hopping. I don't think there was a single smooth run. Maybe Brad, but but other than that, every truck was hopping. It was a dust bowl, too. It was just not <laughs> just, just rock oh and God. gravel. Yeah, no, I don't nobody know. sprayed water on it. It oh. was just... It, it was it was rowdy. Now, where's everyone? Why why is anyone complaining about the track prep instead of bitching oh, about were. uncorrected versus corrected numbers? <laughs> yeah, they, they were. Oh god. Well, the, the the good thing about the track prep is everybody's dealt the same card, right? We all had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the prep was literally just running the compactor back and forth over it. Like there was a compactor integrator, and like they ran that, and they were. There, there was nobody out poking sticks in the ground looking to see where the good line was. Like there was did. no good line. It was one path. You could not turn your wheel left or right. It, you had enough room to fit your truck and the sled down the path, and that was it. You need to bring a couple Midwest guys up there. You know? <laughs> it did. Sankey was like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Richard, so so racing, I, I'm seeing a pattern here over the years that that if you can win the trailer race, the drag race, uh, if if you could be in in the top one or two spots in those two, really the rest of it is kind of. You know, as long as you're close, it gives you a really good advantage. Um, have you been doing a lot of racing over the off season here of DPC over the summer? Man, I, I've actually been smothered with other projects. Uh, I cracked a piston in my personal pickup back in August, so it's actually still in the shop right now. Uh, uh, fixing to get it going again, and then you know uh, we've we've got to get everything prepped for Denver. But uh, as far as that aspect goes, you know. I think the reason why you may see a trend uh, with the trailer tow and on the track uh, uh, in those events is typically that's the guys that know how to drive their pickup, they're comfortable with it. You know, they've they've been through and through with it. So the rest of the events, when it comes to you know pure driver ability, it's, it comes natural. So uh, that kind of led me into one of the questions I was going to ask. What do you think the number one uh, attribute to uh, you winning right 2019? You know, would you say that that's driver, truck setup, just the things staying together? Like, because the truck staying together, that's, uh, I would say, a mix of the driver knowing the truck and, and luck, right? But, uh, yeah. you know, what would you say the number one attribute there is? You know, um, I, I, I would have to contribute it to being comfortable with the pickup. Okay. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of seat time in that thing, uh, doing uh, various things, uh, lots, of, lots of time on the street. Uh, so I uh, knew exactly what to expect, when to expect it. And, uh, and the second, you know, uh, part of it is having a heck of a team, quality parts. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, um, uh, I want to hone in on that a little bit more. Um, you, we read all of these uh, these guys trying to get into DPC, and we talk about a hypothetical build. And we've interviewed guys in the past <laughs> where uh, we get them on the phone prior to the you know the announcement of who's in, and they damn near have a stock truck. So walk not, us through the yeah, timeline. Totally not built. <laughs> uh, when you were in the voting last year, all right, but before you were announced to be in DPC, how long prior to that did you have the setup of your truck? That pickup was in that configuration for roughly about a year to year and a half okay. uh, before we actually. Uh, uh, the only thing that we changed going into Denver was uh, uh, we added the nitrous. Uh, we'd been running fuel only previous to that, and then uh, we went with a little bit looser converter, kind of afraid of the elevation issues. Well, but uh, that's you know that that's the advantage that that we were just talking about is being comfortable with it, running it for a year and a half in that exact configuration is is uh, is the icing on the cake. Well, when you, when you talk about seat time and being comfortable, we're not saying, oh, I drove my 2006 Chevy all the time. You drove that truck. And then truck, I built it in a month right. before DPC you, and went there and drove it with an all-new setup. You no, no, drove no, 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 no. it with a 72. And, and, you know, you back me up on this, Richard, but the turbocharger essentially dicta- dictates how the truck drives. That's, you know, what, what you're doing when you're staging the truck, whether you're at, whether you're at the sled track, uh, trailer race, drag strip, uh, in any of those scenarios. So you have had that experience of the turbochargers and, and allowing the truck to leave the line, leaving the truck as prepared as possible? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, you know, your tuning, your converter, your air setup. Uh, I mean, it, it, every bit of that has to, it plays a vital role in how, how well it's going to perform. Okay. And, uh, you know, we, I've ran that pickup quite a bit on the street and, you know, it, 
go uh, go cruise by the car wash and see if you can you know bait somebody in right uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know and, and with the air being such poor quality out here in west texas uh and that da you know s- somewhat reasonable compared to denver uh you know that, that gives us a, a direct line of how it's going to perform i like that i think that's something that a lot of guys forget is that there are other places in the country where where we have elevation, right? right? Like there are other places besides Denver because we always talk about when you go to Denver, everything's different. Well, that's not true for everyone. Right. Uh, so I'd imagine well, that is a big advantage, but still, well, still the some difference. Elevation is nowhere close, but right. the air quality is so bad there that the DA is just miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you know, hey, one of the places we saw guys last year who I, I really think we could have had a different third place guy for sure. And maybe even a, def- a different second and third place guy was, but people just killed themselves on the cone course. Um, and it was tough last year. There was, there was 250 foot runs where guys are going wide open throttle and then smash the brakes into a 90 degree curve. I think that's, that that's the driver skill. though. That, that's definitely the driver skill. But I, I guess one of my things is that as you build that truck and you get used to driving it, something you don't do is back up at full speed with a trailer hooked up. That's not, most people yeah, do not practice old, that. That's old farm boy driving <laughs> skill, you know, hauling trailers around the farm and stuff. Stay tuned for DPC 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for it. Uh, Richard, where do you go from here, man? Let, let's let's put you in a hypothetical. If you win 2020 DPC, do we have a commitment that you're going to go into Ultimate Callout Challenge? Man, I, I you know, we would love to go up there and compete. Um, and, and I think, I don't know if we'll... Uh, uh, if we'll do it the next year, but uh, hopefully within two years, I would I would love to get up there, give that a shot. Uh, you know, see if we can give them a run for their money. Uh, you know, I've got uh, I've got a little boy on the way. It's due August eighteenth. So, oh, congratulations! Uh, thank you. So uh, this our, our first one. So as soon as DPC is over, you know, primary focus is that little one coming, and yeah. and uh, racing is going to be a kind of a, a second nature at that point. Yeah, well. Hey, take it from Chris and I. Kids are easy, man. Nothing to worry about. Oh, yeah, you're good. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's great. Richard, I'm really excited to see you out at DPC 2020. Uh, who do you want to give a shout-out to before we let you go? You know, um, I'd love to thank all the sponsors that uh, that we've had in the past. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some some new sponsors this year coming into it. Uh, Josh Harris and Josh Chambers at Top Notch Garage, Sean Summer, Russell Coker, um, you know, SoCal Diesel, Nitrous Express, Aaron Transmission, Forest Inductions, F1 Diesel, uh, you know, everybody's been phenomenal. They, uh, they they help all of us with a passion for this industry and this sport, and you know, we'll continue to be successful with, with great teams and, and people behind us like that. Well, that's awesome, man. We're excited to see you there. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. Uh, let's record some intro here. Are you rolling already? Yeah. Um, I hate you. <laughs> Hating. <laughs>